0: Hello and welcome to Week Three of Football and Grits, the Athletics SEC Football Podcast. We are uh, Andy. Did you get any whiplash from uh, from from Week Two in the SEC? Uh, some some things tough tough to really uh, get a feel for for what these guys are doing.
1: Well. That's what's going to happen, David, when you've got 10 conference only games. There is going to be an emotional roller coaster that you go on. So, one week you are riding high, you are taking your pirate ship into Baton Rouge and <laughs> plundering the booty, not any of the booties that played at LSU, but plundering. And then the next week, you're home losing to Arkansas. You're, you're- getting clowned by Arkansas' official Twitter
0: account, too. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Because Arkansas. Barry Odom, their defensive coordinator, clearly watched a few Apple Cups and just did what Washington did. Pretty but tried to be smarter than everybody else and blitzed a bunch, and they lost. So I think if you're Mike Leach, you're looking at that going, okay, well, I guess everybody's going to do that from now on because <laughs> everybody else has better players than Arkansas. So they're going to keep doing the same thing Arkansas did.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. We will get into a little more of the uh, the pirate ship uh, running aground later. Well, this is week three of the show. It is Monday. So, of course, that means I am here with Andy Staples, the Athletics National Writer. Uh, appreciate everybody for subscribing. Keep it coming. Tell a friend. Uh, leave us a review. Give us a five-star rating. It helps get the word out. Uh, we've got another full week of content coming uh, on the Athletic site, on Football and Grits. I will be here, of course, Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, Aaron Suttles, our Alabama writer, will be here on Tuesday. Uh, we got a lot coming. So, again, you can subscribe to The Athletic at theathletic.com backslash grits. You can read Andy's work, my work, all of our team. Uh, and you can listen to the show uh Commercial free. Uh, so Andy, we gotta hand out some awards. We gotta start here. Who are you gonna hand your 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 best team performance? Which team impressed you the most in week two? Well, my best team was easily the Georgia Bulldogs, as Larry Munson
1: would say. They hunkered down, you hairy dogs. And the, the thing I was most worried about after watching them play Arkansas in week one was even when Dewan Mathis was in and the offense wasn't working, they couldn't just hand the ball off and dominate. Well, that was not a problem on Saturday against Auburn, which is obviously a much more talented defense. They were just mauling Auburn at the line of scrimmage. And look, the offense looked much better with Stetson Bennett starting, but I don't even know that the passing game needed to be there. The running game was just crushing Auburn. But I will say Stetson Bennett certainly appears to be the guy And. Read our Seth Emerson Emerson story about Stetson Bennett, about basically they were trying to not give this guy a chance, and he just kept kept coming, and now he is their starting quarterback, and I wouldn't be shocked, David, if he's their starting quarterback for, for the long haul.
0: Hmm. I think I, I. think I'm a little more skeptical than you. We'll see. I think the thing working in his favor is he's got so much around him that it's going to be hard for him to have a true clunker. And there's nobody else. You know, DeJuan Math has got his shot and, and really struggled. You know, JT Daniels. We'll see. Uh, I think if anybody. Justin gets a Fields shot, is him. not
1: coming back. He he beat him yeah. out, but he's not coming back.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. My best team performance, Andy. You may have alluded to it in our open. Twenty game losers, no more. Uh, you're welcome to call the Hogs if you'd like, uh, Arkansas zoned up, bumper pool, 20 tackles, a fitting number to snap a 20 game losing streak in the SEC. They did what LSU was unwilling to do, laid back, played some zone, said, Hey, KJ Costello, You can't run Mesh 500 times and succeed. (laughs) If you're going to, we're going to just sit back and wait for you to make a mistake, knock the ball out, uh, have a couple drops, and that's what happened in Arkansas. Again, props to Barry Odom. Props to Sam Pittman. I think people were talking about Arkansas as like the next sort of Rutgers, Kansas situation. They hire Sam Pittman, who is not on anybody's list. He shows up, and let me tell you, through two weeks, it's hard to be more proud of where you are than where Arkansas is right now. I mean, well, best case scenario.
1: Half of coaching is that Jedi mind trick of making people believe they're better than they are. And that's what Arkansas has done. Or maybe they've made them believe they are as good as they should be. Maybe it was Chad Morris couldn't get them to their potential. I don't know. It was a bad It was a bad Saturday for Chad Morris all around. Because <laughs> yeah, no his, kidding. His Auburn offense didn't do so well. But Sam Pittman has done a really good job. And if you go back now, interestingly – after watching Mississippi State and Arkansas, if you rethink Georgia and Arkansas, you're like, oh, you know what? Maybe Arkansas might just be tough this year. Maybe that's their thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think Sam Pittman knowing Georgia probably had a lot to do with that too. But you do have to appreciate the job he's done on their mentality because remember the last Arkansas team to win an SEC game was coached by Brett Bielema. That was a long time ago.
0: Mm-hmm. I think, you, you you know, you hit on it, the toughness aspect of it. I mean, people just expected them to lay over. Uh, and, and and I mean, I think Arkansas looks like a team that, that you know, is going to get a win. I mean, certainly when you look at, uh, you know, Vanderbilt, they look better than Vanderbilt. They just beat Mississippi State. You know, you look around, if you're Arkansas, you got to feel, uh, you know, better than you did a month ago, I suppose. On the flip side of this, Andy... Who's your worst team performance? Well, I think it's Mississippi State because
1: you should be able to win that game still. You, you needed to make one play in the entire second half, and you just couldn't do it. So I, I realized that everybody was excited about the way they beat LSU, but you have to be able to perform week after week after week. I, I'm not trying to sound like you know, somebody who works for the conference, but especially when there are no non-conference games, you have to be up every week or somebody can beat you and if arkansas can beat you that means pretty much everybody else can beat you too so now you have to understand you're good enough to beat lsu you can be bad enough to lose to arkansas so this is the kind of preparation you got to put in and that's probably the defense you're gonna see that that's probably if you're kj costello get used to that you're gonna see that now here's the thing kj costello is a smart guy the the staff, Mike Leach and his his staff have won a lot of games. They're going to get stuff figured out, too. So somebody else is going to try that defense, and it's not going to work. And then we do this all over again. We dance this dance again. But that's the part that makes us fun. But I think if you're Mississippi State, now you know you can't just roll your helmets on the field and win any game. It's just not going to work like that.
0: Mm-hmm. The full Mike Leach experience in two weeks. Listen, everybody always asks, you know, why hasn't this guy gotten a major conference job? Why hasn't this guy got a big-time job? There's a lot of reasons. He's a lot of fun, but there, you know, I think I said, you know, when Tennessee was talking about getting Mike Mike Leach, we mentioned this, I think a week ago, I think they would have gone eight and four every year, would have had a lot of fun, and then it would have been a really fun three or four years of Tennessee football before people got sick of it. And uh, I think he thrives in these roles where he's at a place that, that struggles to, to um, you know, be in a bowl every year. And if he can get them there, like he did at Texas Tech, like he did at um, at, uh, at Washington State. I mean, I think Texas Tech, they're still trying to have a better season than he had in his last year that got him fired, if I'm not mistaken, right? They went 9-4 yeah. that year.
1: Well, think about it. They had the coach of the Arizona Cardinals and the greatest living quarterback.
0: <laughs> yeah. And couldn't have
1: seasons like they had with Mike Leach.
0: Mm-hmm. So props to, uh, you know, that situation. That'll be fun to watch. Uh, my worst team performance, looking to the West, the $75 million man. They didn't pay him to lose by four touchdowns to Alabama. That's not why you're getting 70 million, $75 million guaranteed. And that is, you know, there's not a good reason for it. There's not a good reason for it. And, and you know, Alabama's Alabama. They're going to do that to a lot of teams. But, again, Texas A&M has a ridiculously talented roster. They have guys. I know there's opt-outs, there's all these things, but they've recruited really, really well. They have a team that should be more competitive. That was not a competitive game. That no. was not. Their their touchdowns were a little bit fluky in general. They had the weird, like, out-of-bounds play where he kind of kept running and they had a pick six. Like, these, the, these were not necessarily like, hey, we're going down the field and scoring, and then they just get their doors blown off. I mean – you got I mean it's just as simple as you got to be competitive and they just weren't and I well, I yeah, don't have and, a and great reason for that. you got to be almost perfect to beat Alabama.
1: I and mean, mm-hmm. that's the, they don't let you make mistakes. It's sort of like when you when you watch Ohio State Michigan games. You know, Michigan has to be perfect if they want to beat Ohio State. Ohio State does not have to be perfect to beat Michigan. Same thing for Alabama. Alabama doesn't have to be absolutely perfect to beat all these teams, but for the most part except for maybe Georgia Nobody else has the talent to have an imperfect game and beat Alabama. So if you're A and M, you just you you have to be better than this. And I I don't. There's not really a way to say it. There's not a nice way to say it, because you've recruited pretty well, but you have to be better. You have to play better than what you are to beat Alabama. And that hasn't happened since Johnny Football and company went into Tuscaloosa in 2012. And I think that was more a case of. You know that team was hitting its high point. That was a, a really good defense that happened to be opposite an offense that nobody had seen the likes of before. And then Alabama was coming off a really tough game against LSU the week before. That's the only time it's happened. They've not really been close. The, the, there was one close game. It was Mons. Was it Mons' sophomore year his freshman year in yeah. College Station? That was so it was his freshman year, and and he played pretty well. But it still wasn't that close. So they've gotta they've just gotta be better. And you know, Alabama's gonna continuously run all these people at you. It, it, you notice the names keep changing in Alabama and the results don't. You know, mm-hmm. Mac Jones put up two alike numbers. 20 of 27, 435 yards, four TDs, one pick. So mm-hmm. anybody who thought, oh, two is gone, their offense is gonna stink. No. No. They have everything you need, and that's the problem. I mean, I'm not sure yet that a and that the coaching staff, all that, that they understand what it takes. I know LSU does because they had to overcome them and beat them. Now, it took having maybe the best team in the history of college football to do it. I think Georgia understands. Georgia hasn't beaten them yet, but they've come awfully close a couple times. Yeah. And if you saw Georgia play last night, that is a team – that could be competitive against Alabama. Absolutely. So, I mean, that's the thing. You've just got to you've got to understand, because we had two two matchups where you had two teams that crossed the the blue chip ratio threshold. Our friend Bud Elliott from 24-7 yes. has it's called the blue chip ratio, and it's basically do you have what is it, more than 60%? More four and five stars than three four and five stars on your, that's that's right. on your roster. So mm-hmm. more than 50% four and five star recruits. And you had that in Alabama AM, you had that in Georgia Auburn, and two of those teams just got smoked. So the other two, yes, they recruit better, but they were also
0: better prepared. They're just mm-hmm. always, almost always better prepared. Now, the one team we don't have on here, Auburn, my case for this, and, and we'll see if you disagree, I think that game told us a lot more about Georgia than it did Auburn. I think you're right. I, I don't think Auburn's bad. No, I think, no, I think Auburn's really going to be fine. I just think Georgia, that defense did the boa constrictor thing. And, man, I just, you know, I I crunched the numbers last night. The last 22 drives that Georgia's defense has faced, they've given up nine points, and they've scored nine points. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because if,
1: if you go back to the end of last year, you appreciate that LSU offense even more because it had its way with that Georgia defense. Yep. Has anybody else... No, no mm. one in the since the beginning of the 2019 season, other than LSU, has been able to do that to Georgia's defense, and that's that's the part I find really interesting. They got to play Tennessee this week. I mean, th- nothing is easy for Georgia right now because they they get Tennessee this week, then they go to Alabama, then they go to Kentucky, and they get a week off, and they got to play Florida. So the next month for Georgia is going to be a grind. But if they can get through it, I mean, even they only. Need Probably if they can get through it losing just one, and as long as that one's not Florida, they're probably a national title contender.
0: Yeah, I think so. Well, you alluded to him as well, but best individual performance for me, Mac Jones, 16.2 yards per attempt. That's hard to do against anyone, much less a top 15 team. I mean, that's... uh, Listen, I, I've been a little bit question questioning Mac uh, at points this season. I, I'm not, you know, all in on him, but certainly he can make enough plays to to win big for for Alabama. You're a little higher on him, but man, sixteen point two yards an attempt—that is wild. I believe I told you last
1: week here that Mac Jones has <laughs> quite a bit of swag, and that has I mean, this is a guy who, when he was the scout team quarterback, would trash talk Nick Saban. Like, th- this is not a guy who's going to wilt. In this situation. He's been waiting for this thing. And and you think about it, the mentality of the person who goes, Oh, I'm signing in the same class as Tua tunga Vailoa seems perfectly reasonable.
0: Yeah, like, I'll beat him out.
1: <laughs> he didn't go, Oh, that guy's signing too. Never mind,
0: I'm out. I'm going somewhere else. He said, No, yeah. okay, bring it on. That sounds good. Uh, who's your best individual performance of the weekend,
1: Denny? My mine was also Mac Jones because he was just I he was fantastic. One one pick is about the only complaint you can have, but mm-hmm. he was very efficient. And look, I mean, he's got so many weapons to work with, and it, it, the pockets were were very, very clean. But the, the guy is replacing Tua without missing a beat, and I never would have thought that was going to happen because Tua changed the way Alabama played offensive football. And... Now it looks like they've just sort of, this is what the standard's going to be. Alabama's a mm-hmm. team that can, can throw for 400 yards a game on you. And, like, even at the height of the Saban era, you would have gone, no, that, Alabama? No, they won't do that. But that is what they are now. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, they, they've got a good defense, but it's not a defense that's going to just completely destroy you like 2011 and 2012. They're capable of winning games multiple ways, and they're certainly capable of winning shootouts.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's only one candidate for the best game, but Andy, do we want to pour one out for Kentucky? Oh. Losing the best game of the weekend, a winnable game on a College missed extra kickers, point? With, with, with 83 points on the board, it's the 84th one that matters, and uh, they can't get it through the uprights. Yeah, it's it was
1: not... Not a great situation for the Wildcats. I mean, they ran for 408 yards and six mm. touchdowns and lost the game. That's that <laughs> now, is,
0: that's hard. That's harder to do than average 16.2 yards of pass attempts.
1: Yes, I mean it, it's an it's incredible. Uh, Ole Miss throws for 320 and four TDs. I, I think this Ole Miss offense is going to be good. I think it's going to give lots of teams trouble. I'm mm-hmm. excited to see it against Alabama's defense. I'm not particularly worried about Alabama in that game. I think even if Ole Miss scores a few, it, that game could be 65 to 30. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just one of those that Ole Miss's defense is not quite there yet, but their offense is, is there, and Lane Kiffin's done a really good job. You know, It's interesting because I think on the outside, a lot of people thought John Rice Plumley was going to be the guy through the offseason. But if you look at Kiffin's offenses, if you look at the offenses that that his offense coordinator Jeff Levy has run, the they're not usually run first. They usually want a guy who can catch it and throw it. And that's what Matt Corral is. He's he's gonna he's gonna catch that snap, get it out on time, and he doesn't mind trying to fit it in there when when it might be a tight window. So I think they are going to be a lot of fun to watch. Kentucky's better than we've seen. You know, they lost to Auburn. They lose this game. They're going to beat somebody down the road that they yeah. they probably shouldn't. But they they have to be better in the secondary. They cannot let themselves get torched like this because they're actually pretty good against the run and offensively they can control the ball on the ground against most teams. I don't think they could probably do that against against Georgia. Uh, they may they may struggle against Tennessee. But for the most part. They can run the ball on people. So I, I don't think it's all over for Kentucky. Just, you know, everything gets magnified when you only have 10 games.
0: Yeah. The lane train right now, all gas, no brakes, quite literally. So uh, we'll see. Well, uh, we wanted to talk about, we mentioned at the top, the, the two Jekyll and Hyde teams. Mississippi State, sort of, uh, we kind of explained what happened there. What do you make now of Georgia's opener? Do you do you are you willing to shrug that off and say, ah maybe they started the wrong quarterback, something that's... was off, maybe Pittman knew what was going on. What do you make of the Georgia opener now?
1: Well, I'm certainly saying they started the wrong quarterback. I, I think the, the three the three halves you've seen with Stetson Bennett versus the one half you saw with DeWan Mathis are very, very different. Mm-hmm. And they look comfortable and confident when Stetson Bennett's in the game. And that's just it, they didn't look like that at all in the first half against Arkansas, and the thing is, you know, maybe it's different against Alabama's defense, but I don't know. I mean, the way that that the way that offensive line played yesterday against a really athletic Auburn front seven, it's not like Alabama's defense is that much more athletic than Auburn's. It's it, they're probably better, and they're maybe a mm-hmm. little, little bit better designed to deal with Georgia, but. I just I don't know. I I think Georgia can handle anybody they're going to play. The question is what happens when somebody scores starts scoring on Georgia? What happens when there's pressure on Georgia to score and I, I think you saw that in the first half of the Arkansas game, but I think there will be games like that. I think Florida could be like that. Florida could Florida's going to rope some teams into some shootouts this year because Florida's defense is not quite what it was last year and Florida's offense is considerably better than what it was last year. So, uh, they're going to score points and give up points. And Georgia is designed to, like you said, Boa constrictor you. The question is, can they handle a shootout? We know Alabama can handle a shootout. So Georgia's got to figure out, can we win games multiple ways? Because if they can, then they can beat anybody.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll do it for this week's show. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Monday edition of Football and Grits. As always, I'm your host, David Oven. Andy Staples joins me. Andy, one parting shot. Do you see any upsets on Saturday? Looking ahead. They're
1: going to be upsets. I just don't know where. I, like That team you cover going to Georgia. Tennessee look good against Missouri. They look really good. It's possible. Here, here's another one. This is, this is one. Because I, I don't like road favorites, especially when one team is backed against the wall. Could a and beat Florida?
0: I have a lot more questions about AM than I do about Florida. That's but a if meltdown. A&M is going to show us something. That is a
1: meltdown. One. Think about what the atmosphere within the AM fan base is going to be like if Florida goes in there and blows them out. Mm-hmm. They're going to turn on Jimbo if that happens. Yeah. So they better they better keep that game close. I'm with give, you. give themselves a chance to win. Because if if Florida goes in there and just torches them,
0: which they are certainly capable they of They can do. They AM <laughs> was not getting stopped. And, and Alabama in the second half, you know, was slowing down a yeah, little and, bit. And that Kyle
1: Pitts is just as tough to cover as some of those dudes from Alabama, just in a different way. So I don't know. I mean, it, that's the one where if AM can't pull the upset and Florida goes in there and rolls, that's not. I don't, I don't our friends at Tech I don't know if I want to read their message
0: for the next day. <laughs> well, I'll read it. It'll be uh, it'll be entertaining, but it's going to be ugly. I think uh, you know, that'll be that'll that'll be uh, an interesting Saturday. We should have given more love to to uh, to Kyle Pitts this week. We were talking about calling this episode Football and Pitts, and then the night session went a little bit crazy. Uh, and there was a I, lot I just, more, I but wanna, he had a fantastic day. I want a supercut of
1: Cartman on South Park saying, "Kyle" For Kyle Trask to come up and <laughs> just cow, 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 because that's what watching a Florida game feels like. Because it is just Kyle to Kyle over and over again. Although I will say they unlocked Kadarius Tony once against South Carolina. That's going to that touchdown some was
0: unbelievable. mm Hmm. Well. That'll officially do it for this week's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Again, subscribe to The Athletic. You can listen to us ad-free in the app, or you can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Again, listen to us on every single day. I am on, uh, or every weekday, I should say. I'm on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And then tomorrow, you'll be able to hear Aaron Suttles, our Alabama B-rider who knows what Mac Jones has to offer. sure he will come up on this week's show andy thanks for joining thanks for listening we'll see you guys again